In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I tried. I want to do something a little different. Paul's going to hate me, but you know what? When we're here to talk in the series about tight ends, let's just change it up a little bit because, well, it's tight ends. So I'm here with my man, Jack Duffin, just killing it over the OBR, just putting out content left and right. We're trying to keep the podcast in sync with his articles. We're like five behind, but it's all right. So Jack, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I I can tell you how busy I am. Exclusive. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. I'm actually starting to plan what the OBR's free agency coverage could be like next year. We're already talking about what it is. Just going what we've done this year. How do I add even more stuff? Um, I, I want to double the amount next year. How many times did you get COVID? I'm starting to think there might be some long-lasting effects here. I, I just love it. You know, this is that time of the year from the moment. The season ends. Week 18 is done to let's crash through until the first week of March and get as much content in there as possible. No, I get it. You're you're a, you're a man. You're a built. You like to build. You're a builder. No doubt about it. And to be fair, we'll touch on this briefly because we saw two different strategies on display on Sunday in terms of roster building, right? You had the Eagles and the Chiefs. The Chiefs have kind of put together a lot of their starters by the use of free agencies because they have the half billion dollar quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And then you look at the Eagles and you just see a lot of homegrown talent. Now I would ask you which you prefer, but I already know about your man crush and love affair with Howie Roseman. But are these the two most successful teams at these independent strategies? So Howie leads what he does. It's phenomenal. Lots of trading down, lots of being aggressive. Yeah, so there's lots of similarities looking at sort of the Howie Roseman Eagles side. They're very similar to Andrew Berry. In the grand scheme of it, you're looking at two very different factors here. So you've got the Eagles. They got their quarterback in the second round, and that is dirt cheap. He's still in the rookie phase. We then look at what the Browns had to do to get their quarterback, and it was three first-round picks. It's $230 million. That's the key bit that people go, oh, no, he's completely different. That is dramatic. The Eagles did not have hurts. They would have trumped anything the Browns were offering to get Watson. I have no shadow of a doubt um, that they would have easily won that race. So that's there. I'm not that confident with the roster building of what Casey have done. Um, I think there's plenty of bad draft decisions um, since he's been there. We've seen assets go on first round running backs, things like that. It, it, it's dodgy. Insane stat though. They didn't have a single wide receiver last year and trading your number one um, wide receiver um, and they continued to get better. And that was a, a, a really smart decision they made. It came out in Andrew Breer's um, piece. Uh, um, is it Andrew Breer? No, it's something else. Breer. Albert Breer. Albert Breer, um, that they turned down packages that just had first round picks because they weren't interested in that. 
they knew the value and they wanted a depth of picks to get many dart throws to throw at the draft. And that is smart roster building. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that long-term that there's lots of smart decisions that actually happen in KC, but they've got Patrick Mahomes. So there's plenty of bandwidth to do stupid stuff. Yeah, and the irony is they went out and got Orlando Brown, so they went and got some key pieces from other teams. At the end of the day, though, they drafted Chris Jones. A lot of those guys on the defense, Nick Bolton, we remember him from a couple years ago coming out of the draft. They've drafted well on the defensive side of the ball which is kind of odd because normally you think, oh, you're going to use a lot of the assets on the offensive side. But when you have a guy like Mahomes, he's that transcendent piece. But, you know, specifically the Chiefs have a guy and the Eagles are another team. You know, they've transitioned from Zach Ertz now on to Dallas Gaddard and the Chiefs have Cleveland's own Travis Kelsey. So the Chiefs have a bigger tight end from Cleveland than the old Browns do. But we see the factor that these guys can be, right? And the Browns think they have their guy. They went out and paid David Njoku. But there's still a little bit left. There's still a little meat left on the bone when it comes to the tight end position. So if we're breaking down the current state of the Browns tight end room, where are we at, Jack? So I'd say you're expected to carry three guys. And that's important to look at how many do we expect to be on the roster next year. There's a wiggle room that if they draft someone, they they could carry four for a few weeks and then drop it down, but expect it to be three. Um, I think David Njoku's locked in as the starter. I'm really... It was ballsy, let's be honest, with how much they paid um, for him. So I, I seriously put a... Almost what were they doing? Um, because they were really aggressive with price, but they've got a really nice return back for him. Um, so... Fingers crossed that continues to go well. I think you can easily talk about him as a, certainly a top eight tight end. I think once you get into that group of is he even top three, top five, who knows, but he, he's top eight um, there. Behind that, though, there's no long-term answers. Harrison Bryant's got one year left due to the proven performance escalate because he's played so much. He's now going to cost about $2.7 million. And I'm happy to go actually look another way. It's not like you're planning to extend him so... I, I would look at anyone on the market because effectively he's a one-year deal of 2.7 million and I don't see 2.7 million worth of player. Is there any chance, because Bryant is extension eligible, eligible, is there any chance they maybe say, hey, listen, we understand that we owe you this 2.7, but maybe all of a sudden they extend him out for say three years at like 5 million and just give him a little bit more guaranteed money to kind of take that 2.7, because I think he is a developing player. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that he's coming into his last year um, in terms of availability, but is there any chance they maybe modify the contract with that 2.7 to give it a little bit stretch out over time? They, they could easily turn to him and go, Hey, can we make it 4 million over two years? Um, maybe some incentives in there to take it up to um, 5 million total. Um they, they could easily have that conversation. Um, but I don't know how much development, personally, we've seen beyond the year one. The year one was really impressive because he, he did quite a bit in that first year. But then it's kind of just been the same each year since then. Um, and to be fair, if that's what you're getting from your, what was he, fifth rounder, I want to say? Yeah, he fourth or fifth round. Yeah, he's a day three pick. It's a great pick. And people go, oh, well, how can you say it's a great pick? Well, what's he done? And it's like, he's just been a solid contributor. Um, he's given you, what, 
two years now of well, if they wouldn't have had Incho, if they wouldn't have had Hooper, but he's effectively come in and provided tight end two play through all, all three years of his career so far. Um, that's fine. I mean, Jack, he's a day three pick that's made the roster. I mean, that <laughs> even if you contribute, you make the rosters the day three pick. That's considered kind of a win. Yes, not everybody's going to turn into Travis Kelsey from the third round. I get it. But at the end of the day, he's been on the roster three years. He's contributed a little bit. That's why you just don't know what their long-term projection for is for him to say, hey, maybe let's keep him around a couple more years. Let's just spread out some of this cost because obviously I don't I don't see him as a $3 million tight end this year. Yeah. Um, and then behind that, you've got, Zaya Mitchell Payton, who I think is going to come in and battle for potentially being on the practice squad again. Um, you've got Jesse James and Farrah Brown, who are unrestricted free agents. Um, Farrah Brown's one that I would certainly, as long as say, I think it would take a minimum deal, maybe guarantee a hundred thousand. I would do that just to bring him back, and he gives you that option that if he's your tight end three, I'm perfectly fine with that. If he potentially lands on your practice squad, perfectly fine with that because. If you're going to have a rookie onto the roster, if something happened to one or two, you're not going to promote that rookie potentially week one, week two, week three to be your backup. You'd probably bring Farrow Brown through. So I think there's there's a great role for that as almost your three slash four. Yeah, I think Farrow Brown's one of the guys that you bring him in knowing that this is the floor to tight end three. And if somebody beats him out, fantastic. And at the end of the day, he's going to be like, fine, just cut me early in camp. Once you know, I'm not going to make the team. Give me my guaranteed money. And I'm going to go stick onto someone else's team and double dip and make a little bit more money. That there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So yeah, if somebody's able to come in, maybe it's, you know, Zaire Mitchell Payton, maybe he's able to come in and steal that position with a big jump going into a second year. Perfect. I'm, I'm all for that. And then I guess after that, it's just looking at everyone else on the market um, I'm just going to run through some names. We'll do the the unrealistic, the guys that they aren't coming back here due to price point, etc. Um, got Austin Hooper. He's actually had a, a nice year this year. Um, got Dalton Schultz. We've got Evan Ingram. We've got Hayden Hurst, Foster Moreau, Mike Gusecki, Robert Tonyan, and Irv Smith. Irv Smith's one that maybe, but I expect him to still get paid. If he can't get a job at any of the teams and he wants to do one year as a second tight end, potentially with the injuries. Um, but I think he will get a job somewhere. Yeah, I think the appeal there is, if I'm not mistaken, Stefanski would have been... No, because Irv Smith was 2020, so I think he would have been the first year Stefanski was away from Minnesota. So I don't think there's any connections there. But obviously, a, yeah, a similar a similar uh, system. So if he looks at it and says, I can come in and be tight end two to to whatchamacallit, to Mr. Njoku, then that's an option. But again, I think it's going to be too rich for our blood. He's also battled injury, so I'm not sure there's a ton of value there. The one that kind of shocked me, and he was on my list initially, and then I saw the money, was Foster Moreau. I, I just, this is a guy, I just, I, I don't know how, and listen, you've said it several times now in this series about how NFL teams are desperate. But if somebody's given this guy $10 million, I'm just like, man, I just, shout out to him. Go get your money, buddy. I personally haven't seen it. I was kind of thinking you'd get him for kind of that low tight end two deal money. But I mean, they're talking about high end, low end tight end one type of money for him. So he was on my list for a short period of time. I, I could have seen him as that four or five 
um, maybe top 16 sort of starter money, but he, he, he's solid. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was shocked at 9 million, but 5 million is sort of where I expected that to be. But hey, Brad does phenomenal work over at PFF. And if he's saying nine, there's a good chance it's going to be around nine. Um, yeah, why not? Good luck to him. Absolutely. Um, there are a couple names. Uh, do we want to kind of get into these camp battle names? Some guys I, I think we should at least call their agents and see. We'll do the guys that we want to bring in to compete or potentially will give the Titan two job to first. Is there any you want to throw out that you're going to have to guarantee money and the minute you sign them, it's guaranteed one year deal um, and they're coming in. I, I, I know I've got some names. I don't really have any. I, honestly, I don't. I, Moreau was that guy for me. And he potentially is priced out. So my first time he's about to turn thirty. He's about to turn thirty-one. Um, I think it's a one-year deal. At, it could be less than two and a half million, but I think two and a half million is reasonable in terms of PFF ninth best tight end this year. Caught four hundred ninety-five yards, um, five TDs. Um, I, I think it would just be a really, really nice ad at two and a half mil. That's cheaper than Harrison Bryant, and I think he just gives you a lot, lot more quality. No, I, I think it's a uh, a no-brainer there to go out and get him if that's the number. Yeah, Jordan Akins is a guy, obviously, out of Houston. I think a lot of people are familiar with. I think he's a pre- reliable body, and I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him. Um, I don't think I'd be too overly excited, but I wouldn't be pounding the table and with anger or disgust. I mean... I think he's a solid guy. I think we've seen some breakout games from him, you know, down in Houston where he's had a couple games with multiple touchdowns. So yeah, if they, if they bring him in, I think these, that is kind of maybe the type that they're looking for. So I think that's a good shout there on that one. So I'm going to throw one more out that I think you'd need to give guarantees to before I get to another one that uh, would it be guaranteed? Yeah, he might be guaranteed. Uh, there's going to be probably two more here. So we'll do, do one. Um, Josh Oliver from the Ravens. Um, I think it's only about one and a half mil, but you might have to throw sort of 250,000 of guarantees there. So there's a good chance that he would, he would be the presumptive um, number two. Um, could easy be a three here though, um, that they then draft someone and go, hey, we like the draft. He will get rid of Harrison Bryant. Um, but he, he had a really, really nice year. Um, and it was a bit of a breakout year. I always say he's a risk in free agency, but if you're paying one and a half million for a breakout and hope they continue it, that's the kind of risk I'd like to take. Um, it's only 149 yards on 23 targets and two TDs. But, but there, there was a flash there. But we also know that he's coming from an offense that doesn't have a real quarterback. No, actually, I have Oliver on my list. I just have him in the bucket, that, you know, when I was talking about the guys. I think Oliver's a solid target. I think he's right up there with that guy where you're kind of thinking that there's maybe a little bit more untapped potential there. So yeah, Oliver's a guy that's definitely on my list. I like taking guys from inside the division that understand the physicality. He's a good point of attack blocker. I think this is a guy obviously that's proficient in the run game. Hence why you're on Baltimore's roster, but yeah, Oliver's a guy I would definitely be considering and, you know, calling the guaranteed and all that stuff. If he wants a minimal amount of guarantees, I have no problem bringing him in and letting him fight with, you know, so say Farrell Brown, because realistically we talked about the wide receiver thing. Who knows? Maybe they're like, we're only going to keep five receivers. Maybe they keep that fourth tight end. You never know. 
depending on what they want to do with that offense, if they like the mix that maybe in, you know, an Aikens and an Oliver bring, or maybe you're right, maybe Harrison Bryant's a guy that gets moved. I mean, I, there's no doubt that he is a potential trade chip where if all of a sudden maybe a team wants to give up a day three pick for him because you want to clear the way. Yeah, I, I think Oliver's uh, a guy I would definitely, definitely target. Next up, uh, it's another former Houston Texans tight end, is McCall Pruitt. Um, he's this guy would be a three, um, I think, but he it's the first time he's gone over 21 targets, so we're not talking about anything crazy. But 21 targets, 150 yards, four TDs. Um, I that's a guy I would happily bring in with no guarantees and let him battle it out for camp. Um, and you either keep him and pay maybe a couple of mil or not. Um, but I'd be intrigued to see what he can do because the guy catches TDs, he's a red zone weapon. Um, Effective, that's what you're chasing. Yeah, he's been in the league a while. He kind of hangs around and produces when his number's called. So a lot of times I think people are sitting there looking for that kind of sexy, you know, oh, this guy, I, I know him. I've had him on my fantasy team. A lot of times it's these tight ends that you've never heard of that kind of jump in and they're able to contribute. So yeah, Pruitt's a guy. I don't know how much guaranteed money, you know, if we're talking about these type of guys, the fact that he's a veteran is kind of really the thing that you're going there. I know he had a little career in Tennessee as well, but yeah, I mean, again, nothing sexy. You're bringing him in to do a specific role and that's exactly what they'll do. You know, I, I still think that if we're looking that route, there's a good chance, maybe Jesse James, obviously the Browns went out and signed him because I told them to last year. He's a guy that if you, you liked what you saw then and the injury isn't an issue, I don't know what the medicals came back on him as, but you know, he's a guy with Pruitt, you know, you could say, Hey, I like what I see. I like the size. I know what he can do. So I, I don't completely rule out him returning, especially maybe in for camp, just to bring him back for a camp body to see, because we know he hung around as a free agent into last year as well. So yeah, I, I kind of, I, I'm transitioning now into a couple of the guys. And then, you know, we talked about Oliver, Jesse James, like I said, was on the roster. I only have two guys left. Both are Ohio guys, kind of, sort of. You know what? I'll throw one out that I know is going to make you sick. Do you want to guess who it is? Uh, just hit me with it. It's OJ Howard. Oh, God, not this guy. Um, this guy's like a cat. I, this would be league minimum just coming to battle camp. I'm not giving him any guarantees, but if 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 my options for this potential tight end three is sort of OJ Howard versus Farrah Brown versus a draft pick, um, and then you throw in uh, Harrison Bryant, and I'm saying, hey, these are four dudes competing. I'm going to keep two of them. Uh, that's the kind of competition I would love um, to have on the roster. And hey, if, if you cut him, who cares? But you've got these guys that are all there battling. And I want legitimate competition. And I know lots of Browns fans have been frustrated when, oh, Andrew Berry just keeps his draft picks. But it's generally been trash at the bottom of the roster. It's not like Zaire Mitchell Payton wasn't going to keep a draft pick off of a tight end. It was like, why are these draft picks? Happen? Because there's not been a massive deep talent. Um, and I think that's what bringing in guys like this would do. Yeah, I get it. Listen, you're going to just keep beating the drum. I feel like he is slowly but surely taking over like your number one free agent spot um, in terms of every year going to bang the drum for this guy. You did you did it a while. First, you had a safety. He sh He who shall remain nameless. 
And now we're on to OJ Howard. It just, it just, it's, it's never ending with you, Jack. Give, give me the athletic tight ends. Yeah. Well, I got a couple for you. Here's one. We wanted Daniel Bellinger though. That, that would have been the one last year. And how good was that man? Uh, I mean, he was okay. He wasn't. He nearly had his eye poked out. Yeah, exactly. He, I didn't, he didn't even see that one coming. All right, let's stick to some local guys here that I'm I'm at least kicking the tires on. You travel down 71 South from Cleveland, about 60 odd miles. You arrive in a little town called Ashland, Ohio. Ashland, Ohio, famously home of Ashland University, who produced the six foot six corn champion of the world, Adam Shaheen, former second round pick by my bears out here. Shaheen's a guy, he just hasn't developed, obviously, with the second-round pick potential that he was originally taken at. But like I said, kid out of Ashland, he's big. And when he can get involved, he does have the ability to make an impact on the game. It has been as inconsistent as known to man, but I'm still giving him a call. Adam Shaheen is a guy that I would at least investigate to see, is there a fit here with the Browns? And last but not least, there is a reliable guy of Columbus, Ohio, the Ohio State University, has dabbled with the Seahawks, the Broncos. I'm talking about Nick Vanette. Nick Vanette is just a guy who's been in the league for a number of years. He has just been able to hang around and serve that role as that tight end three. So these are the guys I'm bringing in for camp just to kind of see what can we ultimately find, right? It's one of those things you're not really guaranteeing them a ton of money. If they don't lock on here, they're going to lock on somewhere else. So Shaheen and Vanette are the two guys rounding out my list of guys that I would at least kick the tires on. Yeah, so my sort of kick in the tires room there, there is Shaheen's in, um, as we've obviously mentioned, Farrah Brown already. Um, there's Eric Solbert from the Broncos, purely for special teams, not really for receiving because, hey, that third tight end is a special teams role as well. Tyler Croft, um, Trevon Wesco is again as a special teams option. Anthony Fersker is someone that just intrigues me. Um, he's not been great the last two years, but there was some talent in there. Could you get it out? Um, Max Williams, um, if you can get him in with Lich, no real guarantees, then I think there's a chance that he could even be your two, um, despite a bad 2022. Steven Anderson, um, should be a top target as a third veteran tight end for me. Um, and he, hey, great special teams addition as well. Richard Rogers um, just popped up because he's one of those people that I used to sign a Madden all the time, but he, he's, he's, he's all right. He's done a job. Um, Drew Sample um, hasn't really done much of anything in the league, but could be a nice special teams addition. Um, and yeah, that's me there. The one name that we haven't touched on that some people do go back to is Carl Rudolph. Um, I, I just happy to pass on that, um, injured, uh, three targets this entire season because of injury. So, um, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere, but it, it's worth mentioning him just cause some people will be like, Oh, why do you mention that guy? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I listen, I'm, I'm all good giving people the ability to come here to Cleveland to do a swan song. So I'm out on Rudolph as well, but. You know, the tight end room is going to be a unique one. You know, do they carry three? Do they carry four? It really just depends on the makeup of the guys they have in that room. But I think we definitely understand the value that this position can bring, especially in these modern NFLs, where if I have a guy 
who can line up in that slot, can line up in the Z, the Y, can move out, you can flex around. You can create matchup issues. People always ask, why is it that Travis Kelsey always seems to be open? It's because the Chiefs know how to put him in positions for matchup favor. Like they put him in favored matchups. So all of a sudden they get, they run a motion, they run this. All of a sudden two guys crash to him and another guy pops open. So Andy Reid is amazing at coming up with ways to scheme these guys open. And I think we know that Stefanski has not quite an Andy Reid ability to do this, but he does have an ability to make things happen with the matchups, whether it's motions, boots, play actions. You know, we use a a wide variety of different ways to get guys open. So if we can find another playmaker at that tight end position, I think ultimately it opens up the seas as well for David Njoku. No, and I, I think it's there as that sort of second option because even though it's not one, I don't think they, they're going to live in 11 personnel um, a lot of the time. It gives you that alternative option. And as well, I'm not that worried about the blocker. They've, it was incredibly effective when they brought out the sixth, um, even the seventh offensive lineman. So um, I've got no issue if they use an offensive lineman rather than tight end because, hey, if, if you bring out a blocking tight end, there's very little chance it's going to catch the ball anyway. Um, so you may as well just get the better blocker. Um, but you have to be ready as well. David Njoku's got an injury past. Um, to expect him to play all 17 games is unlikely. So are you ready for somebody to step up? And when when you're sat there and going, hey, Harrison Bryant and potentially draft pick, are you, are you good with that for four or five games? I'm not. So I... I'm looking for how do we get more out of it? And I genuinely do believe if they wouldn't have taken um, Cade York, they probably took a tight end around that place last year. And then the plan would have been to develop them a year early. And now we could be here of, hey, the tight end threes had an extra year and you can push off on Harrison Bryant. Um, but you definitely need to get one in this year because you want that backup to Njoku to be a draft pick and not a guy you're having to pay. I could not agree more, Mr. Jack. Well, tight end room, not the sexiest position out there, but definitely important one. So if there's any other guys that you, you know, see, and listen, this could also be one where we're looking to see who gets cut. You know, if there's releases and stuff like that, you know, there's probably a lot of teams out there that have some weight at tight ends that they might need to cut. So there may be some more names that get added to the hopper as we get closer to the new league year. But outside of that, we obviously appreciate everybody that listens and interacts with us here on the show. Um, Jack and I try to make ourselves as readily available as we can on social media. And if you haven't by now, we've mentioned it several times, go on over to the OBR, check out Jack's articles. Um, He kind of gives you a more written form version of the things we talk about because sometimes you don't always just have 25 minutes to sit down and listen to a podcast on tight ends. Maybe you just want to read it somewhere. Jack provides that for you as well. Yeah, no, thanks so much. Loads of great stuff over there. Um, if you're listening to this potentially a day late on Thursday, going to be dropping for free agency. So uh, keep an eye out all in one place. Nice and easy, like five names per position. And um, keep an eye on that could easily be Cleveland Browns. Absolutely. So, all right, Jack, I appreciate your time. We will see everyone again probably later this week, sometime around Friday. But until then, go Browns. Go Browns.
There's change coming. There's change.